chaos is everywhere. Buddy. What's up, bud? Nothing much. Just ready to watch some Star Trek before wrestling. Woo, trekking some stars. Yeah. Alright. So hey everybody, welcome to Chaos Style Frontier. I'm your host, Jonathan Gilchrist, and that guy over there sounds like he's got more energy than I do today, but that's okay. Uh Mr. Our Device. Yeah, yeah. Get it, get it. What? And today we're gonna be watching uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, um, episode three of season three, The House of Quark. Oh. And, mo- <laughs> and a mighty house it is. Yeah, don't push play quite yet, though, because now that I close my door, my cat wants out. So, one second. <laughs> it's going to become like a recurring theme. There you go. Good boy. Yeah, it's, I mean, half the time I don't even know he's in here because he'll be like under my bed. And then so, I'll like close the door and he'll pop out like, what the fuck? Why'd you close the door? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're right. good now. All right. So I'm at uh, zero. I'm ready to go. Are you good to go? Yes, ma'am. I mean, sir. Uh, what? Um. <laughs> All right. We're going to hit play in three, two, one, play. All right. And doing the job that I do, and you know I do, I've gotten used to just people saying ma'am and just breathing on past it. So I don't care. <laughs> Oh, ain't that the truth. And we're starting off in Quark's bar. (laughs) I feel like that should be an official rule of acquisition. When Morn leaves, it's all over. Yep. I feel like it's not a bad rule. I feel like you have to re- Work it a little bit, but yeah, if your absolute regular leaves your bar, you're not in a good place. It is really weird to see his bar empty. Well, there's that Klingon gentleman over there. I'm sure that has nothing to do with the episode. Yeah, I'm sure it has nothing to do with it. I do like the idea of Cork going into insurance, though, not going to lie. <laughs> seems, he seems like someone who would be great at insurance, actually. I don't know if like we've already passed it. We might have. But there's a running joke with Quark where he um, constantly talks about his cousin who is a weapons dealer and he's so rich that he bought himself a moon. I feel like I remember that. It gets brought up a few times, so I'm sure we might see it again. But yeah, no, that's that's one of his like aspirations in life is to buy a moon, apparently. I like it. Watch and learn. <laughs> also, just a quick heads up. I uh-huh. apologize in advance if you do hear any fireworks or anything. For some reason, they're shooting off a shit ton of fireworks right across the street. I mean, who doesn't shoot off fireworks in the middle of September? That's the time to do it. No. And before anyone says anything, yes, I realize September 11th is tomorrow, but I would like to emphasize tomorrow. <laughs> well, I, was try- I wasn't going to say the actual date. Um, 
But it doesn't matter. Yeah, that might be a reason. I didn't think people did fireworks for September 11th. Yeah, well. Oh my god, Cork killed a guy. Well, yeah, tried it. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I talk to you about that quirk. You might want to find a moon or something and lay low for a while because you're probably wanted for murder. Also, and I was going to say, mm, I burnt my tongue. Um, you burnt your tongue? Yeah. This is a, that was a line from Anchorman. I think it's almost in the same scene that you were just talking about. Oh, I, I, I went into my song, so I was past that. Your face is past that. I'm going to fucking pass you on to the other list if you're not careful. Uh, just before I forget, this episode came out on October 10th, 1994. So, moving right along through October. Here we go. And if you were wondering if we're going to get more updates on Jake's dating life with the Dabo girl, not in this episode. He does not appear in this episode. I like that the place where I go to find out stuff about the episodes tells you which characters aren't in the episode. I mean, that's convenient. It's like, oh, this isn't a Kira episode. I'm watching. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, oh, it's not a Kira episode. No, thank you. All Kira, all the time. No, that was the joke. Your face is the joke. Bam! Two times. Uh, I wish you. I wish your face was the joke, but jokes aren't supposed to be so sad. Got him. <laughs> oh my god, this just turned into us insulting each other Let's lamely. Go. Let's actually go. <laughs> Can't believe Cork killed a guy, though. I mean, he kind of just tripped and killed himself. Doesn't matter. It's all Cork's fault. I mean, got his bar ready to go again. Yeah, I mean, there's all this. That's what you need to, that's, you know, that's true about real bars. The thing that really gets business going (laughs) is a dead body outside or inside the bar. That's not how that works. And if there are people that show up when there's a murder, they're usually not the people that you want at your bar. I like that. When, if push comes to shove, <laughs> we tell the truth and no harm comes to anyone. I don't think that's how it works. I'm like 90% sure. Oh no, you're just now getting him to tell a story? I love that. I mean, his salary's on the line. What else is Rom going to do? 
that's fair. Typical drunken Klingon. I mean, we've always seen the Klingons in like what one other episode, and one of them definitely was a drunken Klingon. So, right, that's not a not an accusation, really. <laughs> and Quark is an amazing storyteller. You can also tell how good he is at fighting. Did you see that left jab he mined? Yeah. He outstrength the Klingon. Sounds legit. I can totally see that. I'd rather not talk about this anymore. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to go into great detail to make sure everyone hears it, but I don't want to talk about it anymore now. Oh, that's great. You gotta leave him wanting more. That's the whole point. Yep. Yeah, get that sit down a tall glass, O'Brien. You've earned it. Yeah, right? I mean, if you want to be authentic, it should have been a Guinness, but we'll go with a lager. That's fine. She clearly does not give a shiitake. He clearly doesn't get the fact that his wife is obviously mad. What? How are we going to teach the Bajorans about evolution or whatever the hell we were talking about? Oh, literally only Jake and Nog were left? Yeah. Sounds like it is, yeah. So what's actually happening, and there's a few reasons for this that we're going to get into, but um, they're going to write off her character for a while. She won't be on the station. Right. I remember you saying something about that, yeah. Uh, but it's actually a pretty solid reason. Everybody's afraid the Dominion's going to invade the station, so the Bajoran children have been taken off the station. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fair. I'm fine, really. Don't fucking touch me. <laughs> My only purpose for being here is just taking away. I'm great. I'll just work on these tiny trees. I like they're they're called like bonsai plants, but um Yeah. But yeah, it was like she was like, I'm fine. <laughs> like she just pushed him off though. She's like, I'm fine, really. Don't fucking touch me, bitch. Anybody that's been in a relationship with a woman more than 10 minutes knows what that means. It means she's yeah. fine and there's nothing wrong. It means, yeah, that's exactly what it means. It means that she's <laughs> fine and there's actually nothing wrong. And you can go about your day without having to think about it anymore. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sure, why not? I'll, I'll figure it out. Who was it? Sounds like something. No, there. He was the drifter passing through. 
Rut row. Yep, we just found out Quark killed the head of a Klingon family. I'm sure that won't be a problem. Because <laughs> the Klingons don't do blood oaths or anything. I mean, this is this is pretty much true to Quark. He will keep to it as long as he can, as long as it's making him money. I mean, that's how Frankies get through the day. Yes, it is. Don't lie. <laughs> yes, you are. No, no you are definitely just a Frankie trying to take their money. He is Cork, Slayer of Klingons. Show some respect. <laughs> I feel like Ferengi doesn't know Klingons too well. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> you killed my brother. Prepare to die. I don't think you know much about Clarence because I don't think you'll like that. Right? Like, it's worse that he fell. Like, how did you not understand that? Yes, no honor in such a death. If you knew Klingons, you would know that. I mean, even being killed by a Ferengi is better than being just tripping over something and laying down your knife. Yeah, just barely, but it would be better. <laughs> I like that. <clears throat> I mean, you better get to telling them that you killed them fair and square. Sure did. Step good. And end of the episode. That was a good one right there. Yeah, right. I don't know. Like, there's no way that that Klingon guy actually believes him. Like, literally no way. Oh, O'Brien's got his uh, having sex shirt on. Yep. (laughs) 
old Brian. Jesus. He hasn't gotten to me in a while. Oh. Sometimes painful when you watch TV characters not get it. Twice a day, Hal, right? You're not a young man anymore. <laughs> God. Oh, is, is that why there are fireworks outside your house? Must have been. You know he's going to screw it up. I hope so. No, he don't. He, he almost always does. Right? And see? She's right back to being depressed. Because O'Brien is not that good at lovemaking. Yep. Basically. Also, in the Star Trek universe... There isn't a thing called TV, so people get bored really easily if they don't have something to do. Makes literally no sense. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You killed my husband. Prepare to Prepare die. Prepare to die. Why does everyone keep saying that? <laughs> I don't know. It's Klingon, so it might be more like you killed my husband. Prepare to get killed by Snoo Snoo. Wow, you you almost nailed it right on the head. Yeah, I figured as much. I mean, the title "House of Pork" should give it away a little bit. Exactly. You can marry me. Oh, never mind. I mean, that could also be. For play for Klingons. Honestly? Yeah. <laughs> so there's actually a, a really sweet story that was from behind the scenes of this episode that I read. So the, um, the lady whose name I can't remember, the one that's playing the female Klingon that just showed up, uh, she was obviously a guest star. And the guy that played Quark actually came up to her when she was in makeup and told her it's very disorienting when you're acting with all that makeup and like everybody gets freaked out at some point during the day, even I do. And he told her, if you have any problems, just come over to me and we'll talk it through. And, I, and that was not that she just thought it was a really sweet gesture. And I'm like, that is a sweet gesture. <laughs> the guy that plays Quark is a much better person than Quark. So I just want to put it out there because that was a nice story, I thought. Ooh. And as Just I say like that, it's gone forever. Yep. Never to return. So weirdly, and I didn't, I, he's, he's still alive. Weirdly though, just cause this is a weird little fact about this episode. They do a lot of clean on episodes going forward, especially 
this is the only time in Deep Space Nine that they actually go to um, the home planet of the Klingons. So, just a weird little fact. Well, that's his problem. Yep. Certainly acted like it. Where he told them lies, don't you see? That, honestly, as much as like we know about Klingons, that actually makes more sense from a like how a society would have to work kind of you know stance. Because if if dying accidental death immediately destroys your family, that seems like a problem. Hmm. Yeah. Put this on. I mean, that seems like a good reason. Yeah. I mean, it's always good to do what someone's telling you if they're going to kill you if you don't. Right. Huh. This almost seems like some sort of wedding. Right. Get it, Quark. Oh, oh, that's unfortunate. I mean, at least Quark's happy. I won't say that hasn't happened to me in my life. But <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I mean, it all makes logical sense. Quark right. accidentally killed the guy, so his wife clearly wants to marry him. Duh. Yep. I mean, what did I tell you? Death by snoo snoo. I feel like that's definitely what happens if a Kling- if a Klingon woman is with anything other than a Klingon man. Like it's just death by snoo snoo. Yeah, it's true. Also, if a Klingon man's with anybody but a Klingon woman. Yep. Death by snoo snoo. I don't think this really spoils. Yeah, whatever. I don't think it spoils much. Later on, Dax gets in a relationship with a, a certain Klingon who we will meet soon. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, there's a part where she has to go to the infirmary with like uh, bruised ribs oh. <laughs> and just like all these lists of injuries. That's disturbing, honestly. Yeah. Some people are into that stuff. Just have to know what you're getting yourself into.
like O'Brien clearly means well, but the yeah. thing you got to remember is that his wife is like not just just a hobbyist; she's a professional scientist with literally nothing to do as far as like a job. Yeah, but he really, really doesn't seem to get that. Yeah. That's not going to make her happy. I feel like Sitko knows it's not. I feel like Sitko knows her better than her husband knows her. That's weird. Maybe Sitko was just a better husband even though his wife died. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, how do you think that's... I feel like him thinking that's the issue, though, just like shows him basically like under like appreciating her like her intelligence and like her profession right you know I, but at the same time it's definitely a, a trap that I've I've fallen to stuff like it and I've seen other guys do so it's not like it's you know ridiculous it's just so sad yeah it's actually very well written honestly you hate to see it yeah you really do yeah I have performed the Brecht Tall. So we're going to get to know him more. He was part of Next Generation, the guy that's sitting up front. Um, that's uh, Chancellor Garwin, who is the head of the Klingon Council. And um, yeah, we're ju just seeing so you know, how he's going to be a recurring character throughout the next you know, few seasons. I think right to the end almost. And just a little bit of backstory to him, just to give you an idea. He's kind of, he, like, there's a whole Next Generation um, story arc that kind of gets him to the head of the Klingon Council. And he's never really the guy that you want to be the head of the Klingon Council. He's kind of, he's a politician. He's very, not evil, but very um, opportunistic is a good way to put it, I think. Mm -hmm. so, I yeah. should give you enough background as you see him in other episodes to kind of understand where he's coming from compared to other Klingons. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Respect respect the Brecht Hall, bro. Yeah. As the house of, of Quirk. 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 You know, like those little stones you find on Earth? Quirk. Yeah, just take away the TZ and put a K. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, though, I feel like Quark just did the same kind of thing that Cisco was doing to Quark. With the whole like, uh, like species thing, because right. like 
he he basically didn't trust that the person who is that species would know more how to deal with that situation than himself. Yeah. Although, again, it, it's different when Quark does it, I think, than when a Federation officer who's supposed to be all about respect of other species does it. Yeah, that's fair. Although Quark made a big deal about how they are, like, more respectable than the Federation. So. Fair. I don't think he says they're more respectful. I think he they, he uh, said that they have a better past. Oh, which, yeah. If what he was saying is true, which I I believe it is all canon, I don't think they ever refute any of it, then yes, they do. They definitely do. What? A drunk guy had large gambling debts? Uh-huh. I do like this episode because it is a funny episode. But I want to make it very clear. It's one of those episodes that if I'm just watching this for pleasure, I usually skip over the House of Quark. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a bad episode, just eh. it moves the main plot along. Not that much, really. The main thing it does is finally gets rid of Keiko, for God's sakes. Yeah, let them take a look at your filthy ledgers. Then you can show them your financial notes. That's a very Roman, like ancient Roman attitude. Because like the upper class of ancient Rome didn't believe in um, merchant stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, they were... I'm going to feel like an idiot if I'm wrong. But I feel like the merchant class was... There's... Weren't the merchant class considered like lower than, or am I thinking of a different? Yeah, so the senatorial class was at the top, and right. they, but they didn't um, do commerce at all, which led to a merchant class developing in Rome because right. there was a big void for all that money. So yeah, they looked down on them. But eventually they became so rich, obviously, that they started to vie for power with the senatorial class. It became a whole big thing. But Klingons, I would assume, pretty much from top to bottom, just think, eh, commerce, who the fuck cares? (laughs) So this is actually the real, one of the reasons that they um, are writing off Keiko for a while is so that you can explore the friendship of Bashir and O'Brien more. Gotta get that woman out of the way for the bromance to blossom. (laughs) How does the single guy that's never even been in a serious relationship get this? Seriously. Oh, it's it's so frustrating. <laughs> like Bashir in like five minutes is like, yeah, no, here's your problem.
Yeah. So much for Klingons not using ledgers and stuff, huh? Yeah. I mean, in a in the Klingon Ooh. tradition, like it's almost, it's, oh, it's almost so insulting. <laughs> we're about to see, yeah, we're about to see the PowerPoint presentation of Quark explaining the finances to the council. I hope he's got um like star wipes set up. You know what? That is a fair compromise. Right? <laughs> Apparently when they did that scene, the entire crew kept cracking up on all the takes. That's fair. Yeah, that's a really funny scene. <laughs> he is this is not going to be easy. <laughs> I feel like you should just sum it up for him. Right? Money. Ugh. This is not one of those things that you could say he's just lying. There's literal physical proof. Although the Klingons aren't smart. Well, I won't say smart enough. They're not inclined to think that way enough to see it. Oh, boy. I bet they got Forks Brothers. Oh, that makes sense. I don't know if that's true. I can't remember the. They probably threatened to kill him. Yeah. They probably threatened to kill him. See. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Rob. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, never mind. Yeah, he's a Ferengi, though. He's been accused of lying pretty much once a day, every exactly. day since he was born. Most of the time by Odo, of course. But, uh, yes, that is very true. Yes. Yes, I have no sense of honor or loyalty. Duh. Why would you? No. You're wrong. <laughs> I mean, he might, but it's so deep, deep, deep down. 
that you really don't want to depend on it. Right? Let's be real, Quark. It's not like you were going to get any anyways. So you might as well just leave. That's like his only regret. Like, oh, damn, so close. I mean, my motto in life is if you're not going to die, if you're not going to get death by Snoo Snoo, why ever help a Klingon female? Am I right? I mean, that's a weird motto to have, but yeah, okay. Motto since I was born. Yeah, you might as well make like a car an Audi. You already know he's not coming. I mean, we as TV watchers, though, know that he will show up. Yeah. Of course he will. Yeah, of course. Like a fool. I think that's the first time that we uh, hear Quark's dad's name. Yeah. We do meet his mother later on. But I'm pretty sure his dad has been dead for years at this point. means nothing to him. Yeah, see? <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. Also, he doesn't fight. How the hell is this going to happen? I mean, technically, he should just be dead already. Yeah, that's very fair. Oh, he's playing with his food. That's not smart. Oh, Okay. Mmm, yeah, that's fair. Okay. This is a very clever ploy. I don't even know if Quark understands what he's doing. Right? I mean, yeah, no, that's fair. So basically, Quark has said, for anybody not watching along, that he can't win, so you might as well just kill me. But you're not going to get any honor from killing me because it's just going to be execution. And this guy, because he is a bad guy, tries to kill him. Yeah. Which is not a good thing for a Klingon to do. Right. Gork was literally <laughs> so pathetic that he's not worth killing if you're a true Klingon. Yep. 
Smart. Very, very smart. Don't ever let anyone say that Quark isn't a genius, because he certainly is. Don't do the turnaround. No, not the turnaround. Sucks to suck. Go ahead. No, I just said sucks to suck. There's actually um, a much more serious uh, Next Generation episode where Worf gets um, thrown out of the Klingon High Council the same way. But obviously, they they basically parried it almost like here because it's... um, you know, this is much funnier, but when it happened to Worf, it was much more serious. Parody? I, I, words are stupid. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake, she married a Klingon or a Ferengi. How much more right? unusual circumstance do you need? Yeah. It definitely is what she wants. I, I don't like, know. Let's be honest here. It doesn't matter what Quark did. I don't think she was ever going to like really be into that. Let's be honest. Right. She'll give him like a kiss on his cheek or something. Oh, she'll, she'll kiss his cheek. Ooh, yep. That'll do it. If she hit him with the the front of her hand, though, that would actually be a uh, a chance to you know get frisky. That's one thing I do know about Klingons. It's well established. You hit somebody with the back of the hand, it's an insult. If you hit somebody with the front of your hand, it's um you know friendly. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I think Quark could get into death by Snoo Snoo. Seems like something he could get into. I think Quark would pretty much sleep with anybody if they were. Yeah. By the way, that's the level of um, like expertise we're talking about as far as her being a botanist. Oh yeah, there's this thing on Bajor that no one's ever done. I feel like you could just step in there two weeks before it starts and they would let you be the head of it. I mean, she was the chief botanist I think of uh, the Enterprise. So... This isn't about the guilt. I mean, it's there. I am guilty, but it's not about that. <laughs> you should botten. You, 
You must buy into your heart's content. Yep. It is kind of like they never really discuss it, but if you think about like where they first met, she's a botanist on the Enterprise that's going around to the, all these new planets and you know discovering all these new plants and whatever, and he's literally the guy that just stands in the transporter room all day hoping somebody needs to be transported. And now it's like reverse where he's the chief of operations and there's nothing for her to do. <laughs> now if there's only a way to get respect and latinum Oh, that's nice. hard to believe he was going to kill him just like a few episodes ago. Right. I mean, he has tried to kill him several times. Right. Like there's the episode where he uh, stole Quark's seat on the evacuation shuttle. The one where he literally tried to put Quark out of an airlock. Yep. Yepers, indeedy. All right. So what did you think of that episode? I thought that was fine. Um, I mean, I don't know. It was it was good. It, it, like it wasn't bad by any means. Like any yeah. any episode with potential death by Snoo Snoo was good. I think it's a nice break because like the the search is such an intense episode with a lot of like yeah. action and really big things happening. It's a nice break to get back to you know the, some of the smaller stories every once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. Star Trek, like. This definitely needed a beach episode, so that was so that was good. Yeah, and by uh, beach episode, obviously, I mean like classic, like anime beach filler. Right. Yeah. So this episode also start sort of starts the trend. I think I've talked about before, where like I said, Gawain is a um, character from Next Generation, but since Next Generation is over and Voyager is going to be in a different part of the galaxy. Basically, Deep Space Nine just takes whatever they want from anything that's going on in the Alpha Quadrant, and they can do what they want with those characters because yeah. there's nobody else to say anything different. So, um, all right. Well, next week's a really – it's one of my favorite episodes um, for Dax especially. It's called Equilibrium. And the, um, the, the description doesn't really tell you anything about it, but basically uh, Dax – uh, starts playing music on an instrument she's never seen before and has no idea why she has musical talent. And um, it, it's a very good episode. We get to learn a lot more about the trills and like the act, how the joining with symbiotes work and all that stuff. So it's a really cool episode. So that'll be next week. Um, so I wanted to really quickly just point out, I made a mistake last week. I was talking about an episode... Um, of Blue of Chaos Traveler that me and DJ Madman did, and we did do, do that episode, uh, but I misread the date. Uh, it's not scheduled for the 9th. It's scheduled for September 29th, which is also a Wednesday. Um, I forget why. It was a date that he told me was important, so that's when that episode comes out. Sorry. Your line sack of crap. Yep. Uh, but for this Wednesday, 
we are going to be watching from 1990, well, 1995, uh, Starcade. Um, and yeah, I don't even remember really what happens in that up there in that pay per view. I will have a breakdown for everybody of the storylines going into it so that we can figure out where we are since World War Three. Uh, but it also occurred to me that since we decided we wanted to do like comparisons after these WCW pay-per-views, I think that pretty much sets stuff for the next couple of weeks. Because the week after that, we'll obviously do Chaos and Ringside. And the following week, I think we should do um, whatever the December pay-per-view is. It's probably going to be a uh, uh, in your house in 1995. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that'll be fun. And I don't honestly know which in your house it is in December, but I'm sure it'll be interesting, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, any, let me think. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Derek Bowman, for the theme song. Follow us as a show at Chaos Pod Show on Twitter. Follow me at LastKillChris1. And uh, thanks to Mr. Vice, uh, the Chaos Pod Show has definitely gotten a lot more active. I yeah. can only do so much Twitter before my eyes gloss over. You you really are much better at it than me, buddy. So good job. I do what I can. Yeah, man, we are uh, not to like not to gloat too much, but um, our followers have uh, increased by a solid like I think what like eight hundred percent. Yeah, it's gone from like two to seven. I don't even no, know. How many no, 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 no. Right we're we're at eleven, good sir. We are in double digits. Uh, double digits. I really should try and use some of your strategies on my like my Twitter. Uh, yeah, you could. I only have a handful myself, but whatever. For right now, we're moving right along. Things are progressing. And uh, we, because when we're recording, we're about to go watch Rampage. And I hope it'll be a good Ooh. one. I can't wait to see Pac versus El Idolo. So, yeah. Oh, so pumped for that. Uh, but that'll, well, we'll talk about that uh, next Wednesday. Well, we'll talk about part of it. I'm sure, actually, as much as you're pumped for that match, we're definitely going to discuss that match by the time we get to Chaos of Ringside. So, oh, yeah. All right. Well, have a good night, everybody, and we will see you soon. Do see.